Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing the show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out tangiboundnetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out, tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Josh Peterson and I lament over the failure of King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, with thoughts on the film itself and Josh steaming over one particular critical response. We also discuss the future of the Hitman series and what TV shows surprised us with being canceled, and which we are glad about being renewed. All this, plus clips from the latest What About This and Super BS Gamescast shows, an interview with Terrence James with Hyperkin from the Level Up Expo as he talks to us about their great lineup of retro products, and another great song from Plasma Z. And can I say the name of the latest Humanican Media podcast? It's another awesome cavalcade of podcasting goodies we have lined up for you today as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Topicopolis. Topicalopolis. Topicalopolis. Oh boy. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. How is everybody out there? Once again, it is the Pop Culture Cosmos show, the number one show the past three months on the Podcast Radio Network. We're here every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. Also as well, we've got the PCC Multiverse that's on Friday nights. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, also on the Podcast Radio Network. And don't forget, our shows can be downloaded on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, and the Gunna Geek Network as well, and Overcast FM. That's right, Overcast.fm has the pop culture cosmos right at your fingertips. 
incredible indeed. It's the man with the plan with me today. It is Mr. Josh Peterson from Humanican Media. How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Just doing a little venting over a certain topic that I'm sure we're going to talk about later. Well, actually, we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, I actually, you know, if you got a chance, everybody that's watching us on our YouTube channel, want to take a look at the steam emanating from Mr. Josh Peterson as we speak at this point, because he's a little bit hot under the collar. And I will tell you why here in a second. I will tell you what as well. What is going on, Josh? And give us everybody before you vent, before you explode right off the screen. Tell us what's going on with Humanica Media. All right. Well, we have a few things coming out this week. We have on tomorrow night, you'll be able to hear a brand new episode of What About This? Uh, I think there might be some attached to this show. Uh, Tuesday, you'll be able to hear a brand new episode of the Super BS Games cast, which also might be attached to the show. And uh, on Wednesday, you'll be able to hear a new podcast titled Topic Ocalypse. I know it's hard to pronounce, but uh, you know, it's so- something new. I'm, I'm not going to explain very much of it to you guys because I want to... You know, well, you- well, actually, if they can get a taste of it, if they go to one of our downloading options I just mentioned, they can get a taste of it if they listen to our latest episode of the PCC Multiverse. It is added on free as a bonus podcast. It's about 30 minutes taste of it. it it's awesome to hear. You want to check it out. It is Topicopalypse. Topic-ocalypse, like, you know. Topic-ocalypse, okay. I think I got Ocalypse with topics. Eventually, I will get it right, I swear. (laughs) Uh, But it is added on to our previous PCC Multiverse, so check that out. And then also on this episode as well, we will have clips from the latest Super BS Gamescast and the What About This podcast, indeed. So there's some great listening Check out Humanica Media on all their social media sites on Facebook and Twitter, and then check out all the various entities to catch the latest going on. Though even what about this podcast has a Facebook site itself, so check that out. You can get all the latest information going on where it plays, all, all the great stuff from Humanica Media, whether it's Topicopalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalapalap
we're going to give an update on some shows that we're surprised that got canceled and also ones that were surprised that got renewed as well. So we're going to give you our thoughts as we close out the show, you know, giving thoughts on the TV scene there. So, and that's all courtesy of the TV Well, it was a great weekend for movies indeed. You know, the guardians of the galaxy volume two is going strong worldwide. Uh, Looks like another definite hit for Marvel indeed. Whether or not it reaches that upper plateau, we'll have to wait and see. It's it's gone or garnered over well over six hundred million dollars worldwide. So it's a pretty strong hit and it held strong. One of the, the strongest holds domestically in a week two weekend for a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. So that's definitely some good news indeed. But there were some other movies that were not faring so well indeed. And and Josh, I, I, I'm truly sad to say this. I know we talked about it at length on the Friday show, but King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, unfortunately looking to be not only one of the biggest bombs of the summer, but one of the biggest bombs of the year and maybe in the past few years as well. Uh, it's you know, going to cost, cost close to $200 million and assuming with all the advertising budget and whatnot, it's gone well over that, and you know, it came out to a paltry fourteen million dollars domestically, and it looks like it hasn't even garnered fifty million dollars worldwide. So, I know we've done this game before, my friend, and I know you're very upset about it, but I want to give you a chance to vent out exactly what your thoughts and feelings are in regards to King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, because I've got a question for you. What happened? See, that's an interesting question because I. I would rank this in probably the top the top three movies that I've seen this year that I actually enjoyed. Not counting Marvel films, I don't count those because you know I'm gonna like those no matter what because I'm a nerd. But um, you know, as far as like uh, other types of films goes, I would rank King Arthur in my top three. And it's sad that people are. Um, I mean, okay, so let me talk about the movie for a second. The movie kind of takes everything that's that's good about like uh, Arthurian legend, Avalonian legend, and they they mix it together into like this fast talking action uh, type film. And it, it was a very unique take on the story of King Arthur, the sword and the stone, the round table or whatever you want to call it, Mer- uh, Merlin and all this. It like, it, it was fascinating. It, it, yeah. It had some flaws, you know, it's not as bad as the critics keep saying it is. And that's what I don't understand. Like you have all these critics. Uh, well, I know there's one one in particular that really chapped your hide. So go ahead. You could call him out. I mean, he would call you out if it was the same things if the roles were reversed. I'm going to talk about Peter DeBruge from uh, Variety. This guy. DeBruge. I, I think you just like to say that. DeBruge. Is that how you say his name? I'm sure it is. But this guy's a joke. Like, this guy's a complete idiot. He, okay. So not only in his review is he bashing on the movie, he, he's talking in this movie in this article, he's saying like, by the way, these are the opinions of, of Josh, uh, as far as it's pop culture cosmos, uh, that may be not different or whatnot, but Hey, if they want to come after me, they're welcome to No, but as a, you have the right to share your opinion there, man. So you go right there to it and share that opinion. This, this guy is such a, okay. Not, never mind the dude in, himself, but in his article, he goes on, he's talking like super snobby. Like he's like, this is not the Arthurian legend we were hoping for. Like he was trained in classical literature. This guy's driving me nuts, but he, so he's, he mostly bashes on the, um, he bashes on the CG. He bashes on the acting and he, 
not only bashes on the movie, but he tries to take apart Guy Ritchie as a human being. And it's just the most disgraceful act of film critique that I've ever seen. His big complaints are things that are that make the movie good. Like he sits here, he has a whole paragraph here on how he didn't like Robert Downey Jr. and how he calls like uh, Zack Snyder and uh, Terrence Singh and Alec Proya's uh, films like garbage. And it's like this guy has never, probably never stood behind a camera, never wrote a film, never made a film, never produced a film. And what qualifies him to make this kind of garbage article? But I, I guess like this goes into a bigger thing issue that I have. I know we've talked about this before. Is like these critics are going to be the fall of um, of big budget films because they're basically te- people hang on to their opinions and they're telling people not to go see this movie. And even though King Arthur is scoring well with like regular people like you and me, like they're giving it sevens and eights, the uh, aggregate critic scores are are outbalancing those and making it uh, giving it super bad uh, scores on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. And it's because of this, like people there, these guys are going into movies like this, the same thing with Assassin's Creed. They're going into movies like this and they're wanting to bash it. They're wanting it to be bad and they're not really giving it the benefit. I, of the I knew you were going to come up with those parallels to the previous time you had a severe issue with what the critical it just was. it keeps going around because they have these standards on what movies should be what needs to be in them they're like they want they want something that has like a a you know usually left-leaning political message and something that has uh it's, you know just just your, your typical societal issues and those are fine those are fine in films but like this was just a fun movie to watch and it was it was well paced. It was well written. The audio editing was really great, and I just I don't I don't understand how people like this are allowed are influencing what we go watch, and it just it it doesn't make sense to me. And like that's that's my biggest thing is because if had they not like written these articles, had they not reviewed the film like this, I guarantee you those numbers would have been higher. Because it's not the fact that people don't like the film; it's the fact that people aren't going to see it because of people like this. Well, it definitely uh, shows out to be true when, when you have so many critics filing against a picture. I mean, sometimes there are, there are films that are actually willing to get, uh, that are able to get beyond negative critical feedback and make sure that they, uh, well, they're, they're able to get popularity enough to be able to be rise above it and still see success. I think uh, Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman are probably the best examples of, of movies that were critically just lambasted, but still managed to earn quite a bit of money. Uh, But most of the times when, when critics really just, you know, gather around and group behind a movie, it usually is uh, enough to start that word of mouth negatively against uh, movies like King Arthur. Right. And if you look at this, like fa- just the fantasy genre in general, like I know uh, overseas, like Warcraft, those films were able to gain back money because or they would have been considered flops had they not been opened up to great numbers in China. But, um, you know, fantasy movies ever since Lord of the Rings came out, like every fantasy movie that's not Lord of the Rings related in the past 10 years hasn't gotten great critical reviews. And that's because people just, I, I don't know whether it's just the genre that people don't like or 
uh, you know, they're comparing it to Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, but they, it's already a movie like this is released at a disadvantage. So I think that Guy Ritchie did a great job with the material that was given to him. Well, I'm glad to see that you got uh, enjoyment out of the movie. I'm glad to see that you think of it so fondly. I know your initial reaction was the best, like you said, one of the best movies that you've seen so far in 2017. I hope people will give it a chance and decide on their own whether or not the movie is going to sink or swim in their own minds and hearts. But for right now, all appearances looks like, again, going to be one of the two or three biggest flops of the year at this point in time. What are your thoughts on King Arthur, Legend of the Sword? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos. Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, like I said before, we have a great show coming up for you. We've got What About This and Super BS Gamescast, clips from both of those shows coming up later in the hour. Also as well, we've got a great interview with Terrence James for Hyperkin. He's promoting the great stuff that's going on with the retro gaming units at Hyperkin. So I had a great interview with him at the Level Up Expo. Uh, right here in Las Vegas, Nevada, that took place this weekend. I'll tell you what, if you get a chance next year, check it out, levelupexpo.com, and register for it early. It's a It was a very, very good crowd. Several thousand were there. Booths are there, heavily into anime, cosplay, a little bit uh, of gaming as well. They had gaming tournaments that are all over the place, artist alleys, displays, uh a lot of retro gaming as well, a lot of collectibles uh, that were at various booths as well. So a great mixture and eclectic mix of pop culture indeed. And I cannot thank the Level Up Expo enough for allowing us to go and cover it. Hopefully I'll be able to produce a story later this week covering and then giving a little bit more detail about the Level Up Expo itself. There wasn't even a uh, – it, it, I'll put it this way. In a various uh, short amount of time, you would walk through the, the aisles and go and see – cosplays left and right of you then you would go buy anime booths you would go buy artist booths professional cosplayers then you walk and see huge twitch streams going on fighting championships going uh, on right there as well and then also right next to all this action going on was a professional wrestling event so definitely had that pop culture mix going on it's definitely uh over the years the level up expo has has grown by leaps and bounds to be something truly remarkable indeed and my hat goes off to all the the crew at the level up expo for for creating another outstanding show that seems to be getting better and better every year so make your plans uh in the near future to head out there in 2018 that's the level up expo here in las vegas levelupexpo.com you you won't regret making out here for the show it's definitely worth attending and definitely worth being a part of so we got a great show coming up for everyone here today, but first we got a great song by Plasma Z. This is Junkyard Nomads, and this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Yeah, yeah.
That's Junkyard Nomads from Plasma Z. Check out his great lineup of songs today on SoundCloud and coming soon to Google Play and iTunes. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Hey everyone, if you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly, or that putting green to work on your golf game, always green provides installation and landscaping with only American-made products such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today. 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach and get your home looking great with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse Channels. It's time to play a piece from the latest Super BS Gamescast. It seems so weird. I kind of agree with you because the timing seems right. It's been four, three years since the last one, but it seems weird because they just released Andromeda to be like, hey, uh, Dragon Age. Next but I mean, one. they have a different team. No, yeah, for sure. I just, it feels weird. You know, like, Andromeda did really bad right out of the gate. Bioware. Hey, guess what? We're making another game. And it should actually almost be out. It should, uh, my guess is Dragon Age could be out as early as early next year. They probably could release it this year, which would be really, really weird. Yeah. But, uh. I've seen something about it, though. What? If they're, they're going to release it that No, the, they did no, the last Dragon Age Inquisition, I think, I think it was only are, six months. I think most, like, critically now, people are really heavy. Handed towards long hype trains. Yeah, they don't like that. Like Red Dead Redemption Two did the stupid thing by announcing this fall, and some people are like, "It's probably gonna get pushed back." And now nobody cares. Like, if you remember that game? That trailer came out the same day as the Nintendo Switch trailer, and no one talked about yeah. Red Dead Redemption Two. Like, and that Red Dead Redemption was huge. That's the Super BS Gamescast available this week on all Humanican Media outlets. All right, we're back live at Level Up Expo here in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's right, Level Up Expo 2017. And I'm at the wonderful Hyperkin booth for all your retro gaming needs. That's right. Hyperkin has a lot of great stuff coming out. In fact, they just uh, gave me a little bit of information in the past few days in regards to everything that comes about. And who is here to tell me more about what's going on with Hyperkin? Terrence, how you doing today? Hello. How you doing? So I introduced yourself to to all of our listeners out there. Hi, uh, I'm Terrence, I'm public relations specialist at Hyperkin. Uh, we've the company for about three years, and uh, it's our second time here at Level Up Expo. Uh, we're showing off our Retron HD today, mainly. Uh, it's basically a uh, 
it's a HD uh, console that plays uh, NES cartridges in 720p HD. So okay. basically, like it's, it's pure hardware, no emulation involved in there. So it's running Legend of Zelda right now. It looks yeah, beautiful, crisp HD, and it comes with one yeah. premium controller. Uh, and it feels really, really, really nice. Ah, uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So. You know, obviously you know as far as the NES mini console, that is no longer a thing as far as availability is concerned. So where does Hyperkin come into play as far as meeting the demands, obviously the tremendous demands by the people out there that want this type of product? Remember, you know, we don't claim to be some sort of replacement for the, for the classic or anything like that, but there's still a lot of people who have these cartridges at home and they have no way to play them. And we, we just want to uh, provide that sort of service for them so they can... You know, get to play their games on a TV they still like. They actually own like an HD TV, not having to go to a thrift store or like a garage sale to find the correct tools to play these games. And we just kind of provide you know the tools for them to you know get their uh, get their games up and running again. And we also it's also a good gateway for people who let's say they played the NES Classic and they only know the NES Classic uh, or the NES from the Classic. But with the Retro HD, they have the feeling of taking the cartridge and sticking it in and having to press power and, you know, maybe having to clean the cartridges in order for them to work well. We get that experience to people, and it still looks really, really good. Sweet, that's great indeed. So as we're walking over there to go ahead and check out all the action that's going on with what your systems involved, tell us a little bit about the differences between the Retron 2, 3, and 5. Right now you have currently displayed right here. So the 2 actually plays SNES and NES. This is uh, 50 bucks, and this outputs an AV. So this is like, you know, standard, uh, slower quality than the Retron 5. So, in terms of visual, so it only works on CRT TVs or HD TVs with a AV output. Uh, Retron 3 is actually a 3-in-1, so it's SNES, NES, and Genesis, and this does also uh, output in AV. Uh, this is uh, 80 bucks, so same quality, visual quality is a, is a 2. When you start hitting the 5, that's when the quality goes to HD, and this is uh, SNES, NES, Genesis, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, Famicom, Master System, Mega Drive, and also um, Game Gear, if you have our adapter as well. And, so, and you uh, said that's a full 720 HD, is that correct? Yes, 720 HD. Yes. So that's great for people out there like me who has nothing but new televisions as far as HD TVs and whatnot. Yeah, so, I mean, so. these guys are still perfect uh, solutions if you have a CRT TV at home. But if you only, you only have HDTV with HDMI output, this is perfect for that. So what about the controller systems, wired, wireless, as we head on over to take a look over here as far as your systems are concerned? Yeah, so I mean, um, so this actually does come with a controller, SNES-style controller, but this one does come with a wire, two wireless uh, controllers as well. You can see that they're kind of like a six-button style. Um, this comes with one wireless controller, and this is cool because this plays all the different cartridges um, so you can play SNES, Genesis, NES, you just kind of have to configure it so it recognizes what console you're playing. So the Retron 5 actually, like I said, it uh, plays GBA, SNES, yes. NES, Genesis, Famicom, and it has the one controller, whereas the Retron 3 you were talking about, that's the, it comes with the two wireless controllers and it plays NES, yes. SNES, and Genesis, and then you got the Retron 2, which plays your NES, NES, SNES classic, right? And then yes. the prices for each Again, I'm sorry. So it's 50, and this is 80. Okay, and 50, the red, oh. 50 for the Retron 2, two. 80 for, for the, the Retron, Retron 3, three. And 160 for the Retron 5. And 160 for the Retron 5, okay. And then you also gave me a press release as far as you sent to us out 
out there as far as some of the other products that may be coming available to not only this market, but other markets as well. Yeah, so I think you're talking about the Smart Boy. That's correct. Let's go check out the Smart Boy indeed. So the Smart Boy is a mobile uh, smartphone attachment. So basically, it attaches into an Android-based phone. On the back, you can actually pop in a real uh, Game Boy cartridge. So it will support, I mean, this is a dev kit version. This was released uh, last year, actually around December. And actually, uh, it's for developers and hackers, tinkers to actually you know, tear it apart, you know, uh, get it to basically be retail-ready. But we actually do have a retail version coming out. That one is going to be USB Type-C compatible, so Galaxy S8 and above. And um, yeah, so it supports Game Boy and Game Boy Color. But also, if you have any other types of software that it can that can run, let's say uh, some sort of uh, GBA type of uh, software or other types of uh, games that do require physical interface, this does support that. And currently, so, and currently, you have it plugged into like a Samsung S some say S seven. Is that S seven right now? I got the S six right now, so it's like oh, I know it's a little the bit. S six actually could could still work. It just depends on what uh, firmware you're running. Yes, or kernel actually. So um, yeah, I mean this this works just fine on the on the S seven, but also uh, S seven no, so it's a little bigger one. But also, if your phone is way too big. <laughs> then it can actually expand and you can actually close it off depending on how big your phone is. Oh, that's great, that's great, because they're, they're seem to be getting larger and larger. The LG, yeah. Samsung, they're all seem to be getting larger models, uh, even the iPhone as well. So, so you mentioned the press release being uh, international, so it is going to be for US and Korean markets. That's right. And what's the expected time frame? You know what? Um, in our press release, we said around quarter two, quarter three. So I expect something around there. We don't have an actual date that we can uh, stamp on. Oh, no worries, no worries. And you know, no type of cost issues as far you know. What can they expect to as far as pay for something like this? Forty nine ninety nine for the retail version. Oh, that's yeah. that's a great price indeed. You got anything else as far as hyperkits concerned? So this is our X ninety one. This actually controller came out on February twenty eighth, so it's fairly new. So basically, it's a controller that works with the Xbox One and Windows 10 PCs, but it's officially licensed by Microsoft or Xbox. So uh, the cool thing about it is it's 90 style, so it's a little smaller than usual. So it's it's it's, uh, it's made for people who are used to playing with uh, old school controllers. So right now we're running Shovel Knight, and uh, it is, is an indie game, but it's also a retro game as well. Uh, and the cool thing about it is it's perfect for playing games like that. But you can play modern games such as Overwatch, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of Halo. Uh, but yeah, it's for people who just miss that old school type of controller. Awesome. And for anybody out there that wants to buy or wants to find out more information about Hyperkin products, because you've shown me a great line here today, where can they go as far as to buy all these great Hyperkin products? that are They're out now, of course. So the good place to go to get most of our, uh, I guess some of the items we're featuring today is hyperkinlab.com. But you can also go to amazon.com. You can find most of our products, except for the retail version of Smartboy, of course, which is, isn't out yet. You can pre-order the Retron HD on Amazon and Hyperkin Lab for $39.99. And, and also, it's releasing May 25th. Okay. So it's pretty soon. That's correct. Yeah. I saw that as well. I'm so happy for Hyperkin. Obviously doing great business with the retro gaming scene. Once again, like I said, I'm here at Level Up Expo. Thank you so much. Appreciate yeah, all your you. time and taking with me for Hypercan and showing me the great things that are uh, now available and coming in the future for Hypercan. It's just just great to have Hypercan on the show. I appreciate you being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks for your time. Thank you. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening out there to the number one show on the podcast radio network right here every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. And we're on a host of downloadable platforms. And when you do download our show, what we will try to ensure as much as possible with an extra free bonus podcast from one of our many entities that that cooperate and work with us on the pop culture cosmos, such as Humanica Media, Rob McCallum Films, The Galaxy Far, Far Away, Wine Movement of Words, Game Source. At least one of those two are actual shows. So you take check out a need. That's our Monday show or Friday show on any of those pop culture cosmos downloadable networks. So I want to ask you a question, Josh. It's Josh Peterson of Humanica Media. Hey, have you gotten a chance to find out and get up update on, on what's going on with uh, Square Enix and the, well, the potentially troubling decision that they made in, well, trying to sell off IO Interactive? And if anybody out there is not familiar with IO Interactive, they are the group responsible for the well-known series Hitman, which seemed to be going on a way back up as far as from a critical standpoint. Very, their latest effort was very highly uh, received, pretty solid as far as sales wise, from what I can see, as far as being an episodic adventure. But it looks like right now everything is on hold for the for the development crew at IO Interactive and the game as well. So, Josh, share us your thoughts on what's going on with the troubling decision that Square Enix has made again in regards to IO Interactive. Yeah, from what I understand, they are selling IO Interactive and the Hitman property as kind of a, I don't know, because I, I guess they, they switched, they made Hitman episodic because they I, I thought that it had something to do with like the cost of releasing it as a whole. And it's, um, I don't know, it's just kind of a weird move because they put in a bid, they were like, it was almost a desperate bid to get uh, IO's Interactive back when they purchased the company and now they're looking to get rid of it, but... I kind of you look at uh, Square Enix and where uh, where they are now, like with their properties, and you kind of understand because what they're they're cutting a game every three or four years now, and like it's not it's just not a uh, you know how are they they have too many cooks in the kitchen? I guess they're not. They well, it all, just... oh, it also goes back to what they they said as far as with the latest reboot from Tomb Raider and not meeting their expectations or having to hit so many millions before it actually met a profit. I mean, it just, it's, it's very weird how they have these different performance levels set up for, for those games that are, you know, manufactured and, and made outside of their home country base uh, I don't want to lead anything as far as concerned, but it definitely kind of looks like it's that's in the direction. They have a lower tolerance for success 
in regards to games that are made outside of, of the Japanese market. I mean, am I wrong in that, that assumption? Uh, I don't want to be, be seen as, as someone that, that's trying to point that out in a negative way. I'm just trying to point that out in, a, in an anal- analytical and business sense. It just seems on the surface Square Enix has made overtures as far as in a negative fashion in recent years as far as Tomb Raider and Hitman primarily. Now, they're still going ahead with, with uh, Tomb Raider, a Tomb Raider movie or whatnot, and I'm assuming another Tomb Raider game down the road, but I think they've been kind of harsh on both the, the, the Tomb Raider series, the reboots, and also as well uh, Hitman as far as it's concerned. I mean, do you feel the same way or do you think they're getting a fair shake? No, they're, they're not, they're not getting the attention that they deserve. I think if score Enix were to give, uh, you know, if someone else, someone else will definitely pick up IO interactive for, for sure. Cause the hitman franchise is something that, uh, people still love to play. They, they enjoy it, but I don't think that score Enix can put the time or money into it that it deserves. And I, while I do think episodic hitman was a good idea and it was fun to play. Uh, it's just not, um, it's not a game like Square Enix has their properties. They have their Final Fantasies, their Kingdom Hearts, whatever. And these games take so much energy and time and money to create, and they they just don't have the resources to. I, I mean, I'm surprised that they're still putting out Tomb Raider games, but they just they don't have the time or resources to put out a quality product for a game that people have standards for, such as Hitman. Well, it's kind of disappointing to me that that it's come to this. You know, with with Square Enix and and Hitman is concerned because Hitman deserves a better fate because it seemed like it was getting into going in the right direction in its episodic format. The critical reviews were very strong on it. I, I know it's a favorite of many out there as far as within the past year, as far as becoming a a game that people can really look at as a as a really quality game that they want to look forward to playing. And I know the episodic format people were interested in what's coming up for for hitman indeed but all that is up in the air right now and and i know tomb raider if it doesn't perform well with ever whatever next in the iteration in the series comes in looks like if they're going to be treating it the same way that that they meaning square enix treats it in the same way that they treat hitman then it could be a short ride for crystal dynamics and tomb raider as well where would you like to see hitman go the series and its developer, IO Interactive. Ooh, um, I love Gearbox. I mean, I I just they're they're my some of my favorites. Maybe um, you know, I would say oh, I wouldn't go to three four three. I wouldn't go to the Coalition because they've got their hands full with other. I don't stuff. think you'd want to go to Bioware right now. Not definitely not Bioware. I maybe I would say EA, like if it was just an EA specific franchise, like Battlefield or something. But uh, I just there's not a, there's not a lot of places where a game like that would be because Square Enix on uh, Square Enix kind of turned it into something different. And so, uh, but I I do think that uh, Ubisoft Ubisoft would be because they had it, didn't they? They were. I thought so. I thought so at one time. Although my choice would be two words. Naughty Dog. Oh, hey. Hey, that's good, too. That's good. Because they're used to working with a third-person actioneer, similar type movement, similar type structure. They can handle real easily and turn it into a quality adventure. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that there's a definite narrative there that 
wasn't uh, that was explored very poorly in both the movie iterations of Hitman. I think that they could definitely do something with it. They can. They, I, I think if anyone could add something to the game that hasn't been done before, add layer and depth to the character, I think that Naughty Dog would be the people to do it. Because I honestly think that Naughty Dog is better than Telltale when it comes to creating narrative around characters that actually keeps you interested and gives you something you can play beyond the point of like, you know, press X if you want him to say this or Y if you want him to say that or so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think Naughty Dog would be a great decision. I agree with you as well, and I think they are the leading storyteller right now in video games from, you know, obviously the Uncharted series and the Last of Us series as well. I think there is no one out there that's going to be able to make a game that looks and feels and tells a story better than they do right now. So I think they would be perfect as far as, you know, Sony purchasing the IO Interactive and Hitman series and giving it over to someone like Naughty Dog. I think a good working relationship right there. What are your thoughts on the Hitman franchise and Square Enix deciding to go ahead and make them available for sale? Let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Humanity Media, popculturecosmos, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter. Well, coming up, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about some of the TV shows that, that got the axe, and then also some of we were surprised that got picked up. We'll be talking about that as we close the show, but first, we're going to get a, a cut of the latest What About This podcast from, from Humanica Media, and before we head on out to break to go listen to that as well, what is uh, exactly the latest What About This podcast all about? Uh, the latest episode of What About This is, I don't want to give too much away, but it's about how we we idolize these sports stars and they get away with everything. So just because you're good at a sport, does that give you a free pass? Like, why do we idolize people who do things like that? And should there be consequences, even if you are really good at a sport, should there be consequences for something like domestic abuse before you're allowed to play that specific sport again? You're talking about the Bengals, Joe Mixon, and uh, when he struck his then-girlfriend uh, back, I think, a couple of years ago while he was attending Oklahoma, correct? Correct, correct. So, I mean, what was discussed was, you know, should he have to, before playing for the Bengals, should he have to sit out a year and maybe attend, like, some uh, domestic abuse uh, classes or whatever? And it's just it's simple things like that, you know, not simple things, but they're complicated, but... You know, things like that. There, there's there's a few more. You know, they talk about uh, briefly uh, Slava Voinov from the LA Kings and what he did to his wife. And there's there's a lot of instances of that stuff happening. So it's just a kind of a, an in-depth conversation on these players, why they do the things they do and why we idolize them regardless of their character flaws. And definitely you're going to hear a clip of that from the What About This podcast available on the What About This nation of networks including uh podbean including podcast.com itunes and so much more overcast.fm the list goes on and on check out it as well on youtube on the humanican media youtube channel and the what about this facebook page as well this is travis from ghost coasters and you're listening to the pop culture cosmos podcast It's time for more sarcasm, more gloating, more pop culture BS, and ridiculous video game chat as GamerCast returns for Season 2. 
My name is Rob McCallum, and this year, once again, I'm joined by Mr. Glenn Stanway and my lifelong friend, Jay Bartlett. This year, the show moves to a slightly different format, favoring a more unedited adventure that lets us include more topics as we get together once a month to vent and celebrate everything going on in the gaming industry today and yesteryear. So if you like the idea of arguing with us, though we'll never be able to hear you, then you definitely want to check out GamerCast. Season 2 is really going to take it up a notch. That's GamerCast here on the PCC, the Pop Culture Cosmos, on iTunes, and on Podbean. So he suspends Brady for only four games because Brady brings in a lot of money. He kicks Ray Rice out of the league because as much as, as popular as Ray Rice is and as good as he is, he's not, he's not Brady. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. The NFL really did not take much of a hit because of the <coughs> Ray Rice situation. Because they, even though they mishandled it, and, and yeah, there are certain people that don't like it and they will never watch it. But they're, they were on the fringe anyway. No core fan stopped watching because of... Ray Rice. Well, even the Brady but you would scandal. get it. But you would get a ton of people to stop watching if Brady wasn't in the league anymore. Right. But, so, but also, it, it also when you think about it, is the press that came with the scandal. Every everybody wants to listen to it because because right. it, it doesn't matter. But but right. it just shows that we care about things that don't matter more right. than we care about things that matter in our society. Right. And, right. You, and but you feel it when you watch it. Yeah. Like, I remember when when concussion the the Will Smith yeah, yeah. movie came out, and then I went back and watched football. And there's a part of me watching going, this is like destroying these guys' brain. Like, yeah. this is this is bad. And yet I really enjoy watching this. <laughs> but it's a because we're not saying, it, and that's the deal even, uh, you know, we talked about, Kyle kind of brings up this, you know, this, the story of domestic violence. And, right. and then we start getting value system and you kind of go like, and you get back into this group and we're like, yeah, no, but like. I don't think we're even saying like competing is wrong. Right. I think there is some conflict where you're like, dude, these guys are destroying and we're telling them. And then all of a sudden down the road, they have these crazy migraines. Right. They die early. They, something happens with their brain. Right. And we're going, dang, is this, is this ethical? That's the What About This podcast available this week on all Humanica Media channels. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. We're going to close it out here on the show. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, the number one show three months in a row, and it's all because of you on the Podcast Radio Network every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. Also as well, the PCC Multiverse, the Friday show we have, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, also on the Podcast Radio Network. And remember, we're on 10 different downloadable outlets that we know of so far. And every time you do download the show or as much as we can, we provide an extra podcast at no extra charge for your enjoyment from any one of our great pop culture cosmos outlets. Indeed could be the wine woman of words, humanic media stuff, galaxy far, far away game source or Rob McCallum film stuff could be a gamer cast with J Rob and Glenn. You never know. We attach one of those great podcasts alongside our podcast. Indeed. Well, it's uh, definitely was an interesting close out to the week last week and also weekend indeed for a lot of shows that were very nervously biting my nails right there, waiting the decision from networks, whether or not to renew or cancel the shows and for many fans out there it was even more nail biting season because 
they were on pins and needles with shows that they love that were on the fence and either which way it could have gone, whether it could have gotten the ax or could have gotten the green light to go for another few episodes, year, what have you. So I ask you, Josh, and that's Josh Peterson with me from Humanican Media. What were some of the surprises for you as far as what shows got axed and what surprises were you that shows that got canceled? And I want to tell everybody out there that the TVRatingsGuide.com gave us all this great info. Check out their site, TVRatingsGuide.com, for all the latest info each and every day on the TV rating scene. And I was looking over all the different decisions that were made by the networks through their site, TVRatingsGuide.com, and I was just definitely just have I have some choices. So I didn't want to hear what you thought as far as the surprises for you on what was picked up and what was let go by the TV networks. To be completely honest, like I know we talked about this before, I don't watch a lot of television. Like I, you know, I watch Netflix shows and uh, things on Amazon and whatnot. Because my thing with my beef with television shows is anytime I get attached to something, it either runs for like two seasons or it runs for so many seasons that I can't even keep up with it. And like the CW is a good example. Like I used to like to watch the flash and arrow, but now there are so many and they intertwine with each other and you have to watch everything. So I just stopped watching them all together. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going through the list here. I, you know, I'm glad elementary is still going. I know you like that show. Uh, lethal weapon was good. I've seen a few episodes of that and that was a, that's probably one of my favorite shows. And so is Lucifer just cause it's, you know, based on a, uh, I like the Constantine type comic books and that's uh, Lucifer has been a crossover character in those, you know, and Supernatural, like I was a fan of this show when it first started, but it was only supposed to go five seasons and then stop. But now it's on season 11. I just like, just don't care anymore. Uh, as far as cancellations go, I know we talked about this one. Uh, Last Man Standing surprises me because it was doing so well with the ratings and they're saying that, you know, now we have to take over production costs and it's going to cost too much. So they canceled this show, but Modern Family, which is a lot more expensive to make, not only did they sign on for another season, but all the all the actors in it allegedly got raises. So that surprises me. You know, and I, I, Son of Zorn was another one I was surprised got canceled because I know people really like that. Uh, it was a um, you know kind of a, a, a hit with people who like shows like Family Guy and Simpsons and whatnot. But other than that, like the stuff that is getting canceled, I'm not too surprised that it is getting canceled just because a lot of it, like Rosewood and like Bones has been running for a long time. Sleepy Hollow, their ratings have been decreasing more each season. Two Broke Girls is a, you know, surprising, but, uh, you know, we knew Grimm was going to end. You know, there's a few shows like on the CW that just haven't been as popular as they would like them to be. Well, the CW is always hard to gauge because they're a low rated network in the first place. Correct, correct. And basically anything, they're pretty soon, like their entire lineup is going to be superhero shows that all, you know, connect with each other because look at they're losing Vampire Diaries was like their biggest, uh, you know, their their biggest hit practically. And then you know, they have their, their spinoff, which was Brain and then Frequency, No Tomorrow. They kept trying these new things and they're just not, they're not working out very well. I think they need to market to a, people other than teenagers. Well, if, if iZombie actually goes into the Supergirl Arrow universe, then I think your theory is going to be exactly 100% true on the were, CW. Were they talking about that? Is that, gonna, is that a thing? No, no. But I'm oh. 
I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds that, awesome. That was one of those shows that was on the fence, but it did get picked up. But uh, I just wanted to say, if we see iZombie actually parading through the Arrow universe, as they call it now, okay, because there's got to be a universe on everything, this, that would just be just a killer thing right there. And I, I, if I, if I heard or saw that, I'd be like, Josh called it. But anyways, uh, according, like I said, we just truly appreciate the, the TV ratings guide.com for providing a list out there. If you want to check out the list of shows that were picked up, the shows that were ordered for series, meaning pilots that were, were thought of so much that the networks picked them up for their fall season and the, or and also maybe summer season, spring replacements, what have you as well. And then also the shows that got canceled. Check it out, tvratingsguide.com. For me, the biggest surprises that got picked up, well, it was one that was got canceled and that got picked up again. At the last second, I'll tell you what, Timeless, which hurt me deeply, and then two days later, it got picked up because of the sheer demand out there from people just wanting to go ahead and, and see the show live. So it got a 10-episode order, which is not the greatest leap of faith in the world, which means if if it doesn't get the, the, the ratings solid or strong right out of the gate, Timeless will see an end very quickly. It's a great show to me. I enjoy it thoroughly, so I'm hoping that it will will uh, survive and be able to thrive now that it has a, a new lease on life thanks to NBC. And then also as well, I'm I'm still in shock that Elementary got approved. Uh, I know I've talked again with the TV Reigns Guide that the Elementary show series is, is in syndication, is making good money. It is owned by CBS. So maybe the, that's the reason why, uh, that's probably the, the sole reason why it is, actually being reinstated for another year and not given the ax, even though there's extremely low ratings. Cause I'm, I'm not happy with CBS for putting it in such a lousy spot, but Hey, it's alive for another year at least. So that that's saying something as well. And I think two broke girls was the one that, that surprised me the most. Uh, I thought that the show still had, had a, had a life in it. I thought the show still had strong and decent ratings still ahead of it in the future. But again, this is a show that's not owned by CBS. So TVRainsGuide.com hinted that it was going to be something that, that could be on the chopping block, and they were right indeed. And shouts out and hats off to the TVRainsGuide.com for doing a tremendous job covering the latest upfronts from the networks indeed. If you want to check out, again, all the decisions that were made, both good and bad, on all your favorite television shows Check it out at the TVRatingsGuide.com. They just do a tremendous job there. Plus, they do reviews, stories, articles, and, and things of that nature. So uh, definitely uh, something to check out indeed. Or if you want to listen to our previous podcasts last week, there were on both our Monday and Friday shows indeed. So it's real quick, another... real what? quick, real yeah. quick. I'm trolling Peter DeBruge on Twitter, and he keeps deleting my tweets. <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So that, you heard that, folks. He's uh, he's really upset with this Peter DeBruge guy. So what are you saying in these comments to Peter DeBruge? I'm telling him that he should spend more time talking about the film and less time bashing filmmakers because it, it'll come across as less snobby, and I guess he's not really digging my advice too much. Ah, well, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, 
Josh, you and I write film reviews, and we try to deal with it in honest from an honest perspective as well. We right. don't try to tell anybody we, exactly what they're doing. We just tell it, do we like the film? This is why, not why. Yeah, but we come across our reviews. What I what I love about our reviews, and I personally put this into every review I write. I have a, a certain respect for the art of making the film in itself. I never attack the filmmaker as a human being or other filmmakers who have done things like that. And that's why this review gets me so bad. Like it's one thing to talk about a movie, but any, anybody can sit behind a keyboard and break down somebody's character. And that's like, that has nothing to do with the film in itself. You know, just judge the movie. Is it a good movie or a bad movie? I mean, I know Guardians of the Galaxy volume two is loved by a lot more people than what we liked it at. Correct. Correct, but I mean, I still appreciate. But are we, are we bashing? We're not bashing Peter Gunn, right? Yeah, so it's just like it's snobby journalism, man, and it's just like this is like I mentioned earlier. This is going to be the fall of big budget films is snobby journalism. People who say, "Hey, I hate this film. I hate the guy who makes it," but I'm not going to tell you why I hate the film or how I would fix it. It's just it's not very productive. We understand it's a matter of opinion, but these opinion makers definitely with, with the large output that they have when they're on these a large, great outlets, they should be more respectful because, but again, maybe they, you know, they have a, they're very cognizant of the fact that their words matter because of the large viewership or readership that they have. So they will go out of their way to make themselves unique. And maybe that's what happens when they want to go ahead and do that when they want to stick out from everybody else is they go after the individuals themselves. I, I Certainly, like you said, I would hope that, that he would reconsider down the line maybe when he reviews films if he just says it's a good or bad movie and this is why, but not, not because of the person or individuals involved, just telling people if the movie is good or bad. The same thing applies here. If the movie's good or bad, that's up to you. That's your choice. That's your opinion. That That's fine. But allow the filmmaker to be the filmmaker and not the one that just seems to be under the gun. Any last thoughts before we head on out while you're still trolling Peter DeBruge? Go see King Arthur. Seriously, don't don't pay any attention to the, these garbage editorials you're saying. It's If you're going to hate it, go hate it on your own terms. Hate it because you went and saw it and you didn't like it. Don't hate it because some other uh, you know garbage journalist decided to write a snub piece on it. Think for yourself. That's what I'm getting at because it was an entertaining movie. To me, I liked it. Uh, I can see why people wouldn't like it, but I'm a huge Guy Ritchie fan. And don't be one of those journalists who can only name Lockstock and Sherlock Holmes as Guy Ritchie's uh, claims to fame. So go check it out, please. Do yourself a favor. It's been another great episode indeed. If you have any questions for us, let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. PopCultureCosmos, Humanican Media, or GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day here in paradise in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode 
which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Uh, dear Shigeru Miyamata-san, we bless you for all you've made. We pray that you bless this day and that you give us good... Uh, talking ability and ability to talk about the things that you want us to talk about amen well welcome back thank you guys sorry about uh joining us in the middle of our prayer to miyamoto-san our great friend and dear leader i only um, pray to sakaguchi-san so. sakaguchi-san is dead no he's not he's pretty much alive that's not the guy who died right no that's the final <laughs> <answer. Yeah. laughs> well they it's all a lot of a lot don't meet too soon, okay, Donna? <laughs> Anyways, my name is Brank and uh, Jank. 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 And uh, Brank Donna. Brank Donna Gust. Stank. Yeah, yeah. And Stank. Um, <laughs> we're back for another episode of Super BS, and we are just here. To... <laughs> That's, uh, we don't have the money for a soundboard, so instead we have Jank here making up sounds. Right. Um, we're going to talk about games, games, and anime. And primarily anime. So, uh, <laughs> are we going to talk about cosplay? So, about Attack on the Titans Season 2, okay? I know we're all watching that. We're on Episode 30, which is Episode 5 in Season 2. We love it. We love all the characters. We love everything about it. Um, Donna, tell me your favorite characters and why. Um, I loved the guy's mom, but she gets eaten in the very first episode. Oh, you actually watched the first episode? Yeah. It's really good My job. question is, why are all the giants naked? Uh, why would they be clothed? There's no clothes. What, is there a seamstress? I feel like it's just part of making them as creepy as possible, because those things are creepy. They are, they are really creepy. I mean, no, I, I actually, I, a giant seamstress. So. I, uh, I, briefly, <laughs> I briefly was in an anime... Not appreciation, like an anime studies class in college when we watched Attack on Titan. It's actually really good. Yeah, you no, guys I, should finish it. I thought it, it was, I thought it was great. I just, I'm bad with watching shows. I just get bored so fast. Not with, not specifically because of that show, but yeah, like, it's hard I would just watch. so much rather it, play games and watch TV. I, I I'm get not that. a huge I, episodic TV person. For anime, for me, it's, it's not it's that the I... Simpsons, but the Simpsons, yeah. It's not that I get bored with anime, it's that I get distracted. Like yeah, else see, I it's more watch, it's, it's it's more like uh, it's because it's not specific to anime for me. Like even just like like I've never finished Lost. I've never finished Breaking Man, Bad. Lost is pretty good. I mean, you and don't need because it's Lost, like but... like when I think of the amount of time goes into watching these like supposedly really great TV shows, or like every episode is an hour. I know it's different with Attack on Titan, but like every episode is like you know it's like how many seasons? It's like so much time, and it's like. I would rather sink that time into games in my backlog. That's why you got a thing called a Vita. That's yeah. why you got a thing called a Switch. This is why you got it. So, oh hey, I'm watching Attack on Titan. There's a boring scene I, I don't care about. Can do Boom. That. I can't do See, that. I can, I can't I can, I can put uh, on I can. Seinfeld or The Simpsons or like South Park on repeat at infinitum and then play handheld. But if I'm watching like an engaging show. Yeah, but want, if it gets engaging, before. for sure, I put all that stuff down. And Attack on Titan is one of the hardest shows to watch because I watch it in Japanese because I don't 
I never watched the dub one. I don't know if it's good. It's not even on like uh, Netflix. I know. Why is that? I don't oh, know. Really you can't choose. No, you can't choose That's for that show because I don't want to watch it. Honestly, in, though, like subs. Right. Yeah, but you might want to watch it with subs because there are some. It's supposed to be like European people, and mm. it's supposed to be like some people are like farm like people, and I can just imagine how bad the dubs are. Like, oh yeah, I live on a farm. Dude, like, oh, they, it, it, oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, I probably always, might hate the show. It's always I'm, the same, like five or six voice actors and well, everything. Because they're the only yeah, people. You have the guy that plays Vegeta doing like twenty voices on yeah. one show. What's crazy <laughs> is that you don't really have to be an anime fan to start to notice. Yeah, like I feel like I remember the first time I was like, I forget what game I was playing. I was like, I'm pretty sure this guy was in Star Ocean 3. And I'm like... <laughs> and then I think it's like the same dude is in uh, freaking... Um, I forget. I mean, it's like you, you yeah. hear the same yeah. four voices. My favorite is the Dynasty Warriors dub. Did you guys ever play that game? Oh, yeah. They have yeah. like characters who have like New York accents <laughs> for a game that takes place in feudal China. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing in Star, in Star Fox 64. Don't oh, potty, potty just, just yeah. <laughs> At least there's spacing. Dude, why is work? that? Okay, so they have all all the dubs, but anytime that they do one that's based on like a Midwesterner or like yeah. someone from the South, it always sounds so bad and almost uh, like well, gee golly, prejudice. Oh, <laughs> well, it's how Southern people talk. Final I'm Fantasy sorry. Did that too with uh, Cindy. Oh, Cindy, and Sid, oh yeah. God. Cindy wasn't that bad. Yeah, though. Cindy was really bad. They she, always have, have to have one person like that in, I, yeah. in every I mean, I, it was a little grating, but thankfully she wasn't like in the car with you the whole game. Right. Then I would have been like, bam, shut <laughs> up. They should have had a contact sensitive turn around to punch, press square to punch <laughs> consistently. Um, um, beating women, it's a part of our podcast. No, I'm just joking. Sorry, it's terrible. Oh Edit that out. Edit that, Jake. Oh, Turn. Um, <laughs> Took a turn for the worse. <laughs> anyway, you can uh, edit that out later. <laughs> um, probably oh, so, need to in this day. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Probably um, need to, and, and definitely don't edit out and make a clip of it, and then post it to whatever you post. <laughs> <laughs> you see this funny thing that I check take out. out all the, it'll be on Twitter tomorrow. Yeah, all the, I take out all the context. I just put this Look on for there. at Brank <laughs> at on Brank, Twitter at Brank attacking women. Uh, <laughs> anyways, about games. Since we've now, uh, you know, diverged and evolved That's and divested. You originally said anime as a joke, and I actually <laughs> went on and talked about it for well, a few because we love it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember our original podcast name, AnimeLandBoys.net, <laughs> but <laughs> to talk about the best name. I, I do wonder, um, with, like, really bad game voice acting, like, where, like, how that happens. Because there's, like, I get when certain actors, like aren't that great that are in like Hollywood movies and stuff like that yeah. and it's like you're like okay this person's not great like someone like a I don't know like a Megan Fox or something oh like but that. they're good looking you mean yeah but yeah, even, you can't really even, see on but games. even that where it's like they're not great but yeah. it's not it's not so bad that you're like yeah like this is clearly like a student film well, actor. It, it's funny because you have some games where they spend a lot of money like on the game itself, and then they run out of money for the voice acting, so they, they get their like, brother. The, <laughs> yeah, the bottom of the barrel of voice actors, and just get this terrible. Right. So, but then then I wonder though so sometimes because it's like that consistently happens. Like with like Tales games, they have terrible voice acting. Well, uh, which is our favorite game series, yeah. Tales of Brazeria. Yeah. Um, um, 
Well, but uh, it's like the acting is always so bad, but it's also so like appropriately anime, yeah. like for yeah. for dubbed anime. And I wonder if like bad acting is like they try to find like that. They want that. Like, that's bad? like that's Let's standard. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why yeah. we should actually Do record voice our voices. Uh, no, they actually have a game coming out called. Xanadu or something like that. I found this casting Xanadu's called. Xanadu's an old game. Yeah, so they're remaking it. Really? And they're That's doing. Interesting. If you want, which is really really funny, you can actually be a voice in the game. You just Whoa, send like a dude. a voice sample, and so that's why we are. Gonna, they're looking for the worst voice actors you can. Boom! Right so there. So I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be like, oh, don't potty. Just I'm pretty yet. sure Xanadu's <laughs> like an old anime. Uh, I mean, not an old anime, an old RPG. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yes. and and it chooses like. They give you like the voice types they're looking for, and then they give you a like a line to say and the amount. It's really funny. I actually looked into doing it, and then I got super lazy. But it's still. Is there still screenshots terrible? of this remake? I'm trying to look for it. Right oh, uh, there's screenshots of the voice acting. It's called like Xanadu. Do you know who's doing a lot of good voice acting in anime and video games right now? Is Lena Headley from Lord uh, Game of Why Thrones? Why is she in that stuff? I don't know, <laughs> but she's like. It, what happened to her? Game was sick. She's good. What is it? I think it's Xanadu, right? Tokyo Xanadu behind the... Oh, not Tokyo Xanadu. Please give us a moment. Sorry. We, uh... We'll have to edit this out. Um... We're going to have to edit out that joke anyway, so yeah. just edit this section out. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot of editing. Um... Oh, no, it's called Fa Xanadu or something like that. Fa Xanadu? Okay. And it's... I saw the Kotaku, like, post of it. Fa Xanadu. Um... And I clicked on the link. I was like, yeah, that sounds actually kind of fun. It does kind of sound fun to like record your voice and see if you could do it. I don't think it's paid, so well, it's totally okay. in line with this. Am I the NES game I'm looking at is a spinoff of, so... I think I'm looking at the wrong one. I'm all, right. all 1987? Right. Casting call. I'm going to check it out. Right. Well, either way. Well, uh, okay, so anyways. Uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Casting call. Fan translation of Legend of Xanadu. Now holding auditions. And, like, if you click on it... Let me see. Uh, man, this really, really suck at putting, like, an easy-to-find link. Well, oh, here it is. LOX Dub Project. And it gives you, like, the listing for the characters. And then, like, what they... So, main roles. It says, Eriaios. Bio, the hero protagonist. And what they're looking for is late 20s. Medium to medium high, line count 140. Why does so, it matter how tall you are if it's going to... Yeah, I know, right? Area. They're like trying to figure out. It says medium to medium high. No, no, no. medium to medium high pitch voice. Oh. <laughs> you ruined it! Need, you freaking ruined your voice it! voice to be at least 5'6". That's, that's always one of the least believable things about... about Translations where it's like you expect me to believe this big, tall warrior dude is not only eighteen but sounds like like a preteen boy. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, oh man. Well, that's like, why I do like it. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> that's why uh, Lost Odyssey, man. Main character, deep voice. Yeah, it's cool. Man. Best and game. then they have those kids with the Dude, most annoying voice I acting ever. That game. I still it's own good. it, and I want to. I just. I, I got really far into it, and then I never finished. It's a, it's, a, it's a good game. I enjoyed it a lot. Well, we actually need to start talking, because I feel like we've like, chatted up a storm for about 30 minutes. What have you guys been playing? Donna, kick it off. Um, I have been playing Salt and Sanctuary. Never heard of it. False. And I also finished Vanilla Dragon Age Inquisition, finally. Okay. And I finished the first When do you get DLC. the Chocolate Dragon Age Inquisition? <laughs> I go for Strawberry. 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 Um, it's a Neapolitan. And my thoughts on that... 
several years late. Um, I was surprised by the ending quite a bit, mainly the bit that has to Don't do with... Don't spoil it! ...with certain characters. Um, Nobody's played Dragon Age yet, it's brand new. Are they so. going to make another one? So do they... I, so, they, I mean, I, they will, yeah. even if... Even, but I, my understanding, now I haven't finished the DLC, and supposedly the, there's a DLC, not supposedly, but it takes place two years after the main game. And it leads into the next game. Oh, well. okay. So, okay. so cool. that sounds like the next Dragon Age might actually be a direct sequel. That'd be cool. Um, Especially since Dragon Age 2 was not a direct sequel to Dragon Age Origins. neither is, neither Wait, is Inquisition. Yeah, it's, no, definitely. But it'd be cool if they, they should have just named it like Dragon Age blah, blah, blah yeah. instead of 2. <laughs> so is it one of those games where it all takes place in the same universe, but it's yeah. is, is it on the same timeline? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah Dragon same Age, universe, the, same timeline. The time between Dragon Age 1 and Inquisition, I think, is 10 years. Okay. okay. Um, so it's not, it's not that far off. So, because the characters that you play as... Well, for one, in Dragon Age Inquisition, you meet your character from Dragon Age Two. Okay, so you go oh, on yeah. mission it still has That's like cool. all the same like places and yeah. Okay, yeah, it's like a short, um, fun cameo. Yeah, and then uh, it's all yeah, it's all the same. It's like a continuous universe, the same as like Mass Effect. the The whole impetus of Dragon Age when Bioware was a was a better company was that Dragon Age was supposed to be instead of Mass Effect, where you play Shepard's story. You get to craft your own story of the world of Thetis or Ferelden or whatever. Okay. Um, so it's like you don't play the same character every game, but you play the same storyline that shapes decisions. Like who did you name king in the first game? Like who did you do this? Uh, like that cool. continues forward. Over. Exactly. Okay. They they definitely botched it with yeah. the third game because they switched over to that keep that terrible terrible keep system. So it made it so that it's kind of hard though. Like what? could they have done you know like yeah. they had to figure out something that would let people you know yeah uh, it's it, it's just bad though it's just yeah. frustrating um it's frustrating for because they the keep itself theoretically is not bad and yeah. i can see the long-term goodness to it yeah. but what's annoying is that it was like you couldn't if you played like you the, you said they said you could upload your old games to the keep and it oh, would really? work and it doesn't so it's yeah. like when you have to go through the keep and customize all your decisions. It's like I remember being very meticulous with my Dragon Age, with my second uh, canon playthrough of Dragon Age Origins. Okay, and I don't remember it because it was like five years ago. So well, it's like to having to go through and remake a bunch of decisions. Like I remember the main ones, but I don't no, remember you the need like. To remember every single. Did you give this ring back? It's like. No, that's that, not but, their fault. Um, they don't remember every side. But anyway, <laughs> so my understanding is that that uh, Trespasser DLC leaves Inquisition with the idea that it might be the next Dragon Age might be a direct sequel where you still play as the Inquisitor. Okay. Um, I haven't experienced that myself because um, I haven't finished it, but I would be interested in that. I would love it for love for it to be a much smaller game because screw you, EA, like, <laughs> like. Stop! Stop! Like so trying to. Time. It's like it's stop a, it's trying a very to hit bloated a game. Yeah, yeah I mean every crazy. game is bloated. It's because the big like hey, the big suits with all the money are like, oh, yeah. right now people want this, so make this. It's like yeah. it's especially bloated. Like yeah. in what from what I understand, Mass Effect Andromeda was bloated. Like oh, a hey, yeah. let's throw everything at these yeah. people. Um, but uh, what about that second game though? Because I mean, Dragon Age we've heard about a lot. Yeah. What about so, Salts? Salt and Sanctuary. Finally came out on Vita like a month ago, right? Something like that. Uh, 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 February. February. Two months ago. On Vita? 
No. <laughs> so, they do. Uh, indie developers do. Okay. Like once every several months. I mean, I, I don't have anything against the Vita. Oh, oh you I'm, hate it. You I are don't. specifically this guy. Put in a anti-Vita hate I, I oil broke all here. three of mine. <laughs> um, you had one? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. They, uh... It was a it was a Steam PS4 release. Um, the 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 concept is supposedly like a Dark Souls side scroller. Yeah. So it's like uh, it's very like brutal, challenging. You die a lot. Um, it's very dark, but it's a side scroll. It's also like 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 hand drawn looking. I don't know. It's probably probably not. But it's like got like a cartoony look to it. Yeah, Ska um, Studios. I mean, dishwasher. So it's not. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's not like. Have an interesting aesthetic. Yeah, it's it's a cool aesthetic. Um, the game is a lot of fun. It um, it reminds me of um, it doesn't. Re- it's not that similar. It reminds me of Rogue Legacy in that it reminds me of the feeling of playing Rogue Legacy on my Vita, okay. where once I started, I just didn't want to put it down. Yeah. and it is like a side scrolly like action RPG kind of deal. Um, this is obviously a lot more. Whereas uh, you know, Rogue Legacy is kind of like a just don't die kind of thing. This yeah. game is similar, but there's a little bit... It's just a different strategy. Um, but there's a lot of, like, dodging, a lot of, like, timing your animations and that kind of stuff like that based on your attacks. Um, you gather salt, which is similar to souls, and you... At sanctuaries, you level yourself up, you increase your stats, you specialize in what type of character you're building... They have classes to choose from in the beginning, which Dark Souls does not have, I believe, right? No, it does. It oh, does. Right. So it it is from what I understand, I haven't played it, you have, but uh it's Wait, does very Dark Souls similar. Have classes? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It so it has like six. They're that. all all there are stat changes, armor changes, and weapon changes. And yeah. they so say you choose the paladin, you're gonna start with a healing spell. In whereas, Dark Souls? Yeah. I don't remember classes That's, in Dark Souls. It, it's totally like that. And then normally they have I a Dark Souls one so much. They have a, a class they can choose that's called like, I don't know, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a level one class with no extra stat boosts, but it's the best because the previous classes, they all start at like level ten. So mm-hmm. you can totally adjust this character as much as you want. Yeah. And get you get extra points, but it's harder because you start at disadvantage and you have to kill the first boss. Talking about Dark Souls? Yeah, Dark Souls. Yeah. So uh, anyway, they have classes um yeah the the downside to it that i'm discovering is that it's not a game that's easy to put down in the sense no of save, not saves all the time no it seems i i don't know because i i always just put it in sleep yeah, so i never really have that issue what i mean by put down is that if you take a break for like a couple days, you, you forget it. where you're headed to um, yeah you know, it's like i remember i was exploring this place that I and like I was going down a staircase, and then um, I decided not to because it didn't seem it seemed like I was gonna die and it wasn't the right way. So I went, and then like I have forgotten where that staircase is. So I'm like, you know, like kind of in that where it's like I'm backtracking, I'm like going through different areas. Now, there's it's fun to backtrack because the areas are not that big. Mm-hmm. Um, they're big-ish, but they're not so big that they're unmanageable. But basically, you need to memorize the game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I if it's a little bit different because Dark Souls, Dark Souls One didn't have a lot of backtracking, if I remember. Uh, it doesn't. But there are spots. So say you go into like you want to backtrack, you can actually 
Well, it's not even that. Like, but there's, like, there's that, branching cause, paths cause, um, that you can like start here. So you're going to go back to the beginning at some point and go down. But the second in path. Salt and Sanctuary, you unlock powers that then yeah. give you. Different it's a Metroid, Metroidvania esque yeah. game where yeah. you're, you're going to do stuff that, that's so, not um, yeah. like Dark Souls. Yeah, so you get powers where you can go back and then you can like access double different jumps, areas, right? Yes. Like you're going to jump higher. Oh, yeah. Okay. So like, I recently unlocked a power where there's these black obelisks, and if you use this power next to them, you flip upside down. So, yeah. is it one of those games where they give you side quests, but some of them you can't complete until you have, like, No, I don't think there is a side... I don't think there are quests so much in this game. Just I haven't areas. encountered any. You, you, you basically... The story is that you're on an abandoned... Like, your ship crashes on this island, and, like, the island of the Nameless God or something like that. Okay. And then you just have to figure out how to get out. Oh. And so, it's like, what are you going to... Like, so you go through... Claiming sanctuaries, defeating bosses, like slowly learning the story of this island. But there's not like a quest mechanic that I've discovered in any way. Okay. Um, you you gather like items to upgrade your gear. You gather salt to upgrade your character. Um, you like you encounter like random characters in like weird parts of the map, which is kind of cool. I talked to a scarecrow, who's apparently the most important character in the game. Yeah. Um, well, scarecrows are always. So. Yeah. Cool. And then and then yeah, you like. You can align with a creed, which is like a religion, basically, and they have that in Souls too. Yeah, um, the sun—that's where the praise of the sun comes. Yeah, from. yeah, yeah. But uh, and then you claim your sanctuaries, which are kind of like the fires of uh, Dark Souls, where it's where you like level Bonfires? up and stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay, but uh, you claim them in the name of like your religion, and then sometimes you come to ones that aren't that are already claimed the name of a different religion, so you have to use a different mechanic to. Like steal them, or you can change creeds. But there's something to leveling up your chosen creed that I haven't encountered yet. But I've beaten. I'm a, I'm about. Do I think there's like. Do each of the creeds have like their own perks? Um, yes, but I haven't figured out exactly what they are. Okay. I think um, the perks have to do with like what's. No, I don't really know what the perks are. I think the perks are lore based. If anything, like okay. I picked. So you the beginning. I think there's there's creeds you can unlock, mm-hmm. but the beginning you get to choose between basically these woodsmen. They're like atheists, okay, um, of some kind where they like believe in the strength of nature or something like that. Okay. Then there's like the three gods, which are like the it's like the common religion of the day. Okay. Um, and then there's the the goddess of light, who's like the ancient goddess, which is the one I picked because I'm all about the ancient. That's Jeez. what it's all about. Um, and well, yeah. Well, we're going to actually probably talk more about this soon because I want to do a little bit of a, like a feature on like roguelikes and you mentioned that. Anyways, uh, hashtag bring it to Switch. That's where we're starting. Hashtag, hashtag. bring it to Switch. What have you been uh, playing, Jank? I bought a Nintendo Switch. Hashtag bring it to Switch, hashtag man. To Switch. Hashtag that's what we're all about. Uh, Get so those hashtags I've been up playing, there. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time Legend of Zelda. And uh, in the comments, please put hashtag bring it to Switch. Hashtag bring it to Switch. We're live right now. Definitely. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be upfront with you guys. Uh, shut up. I've never played this. <laughs> no, game, I'm just this is my very first Zelda game. Whoa. What? Yeah, really? I've never played any of the other ones. You've never played Ocarina of Time. Never. Never played the original Zelda. No. 
My very I, first Zelda game was the very first Zelda game. The, Flip table. Okay, well, when, when I was a kid, I had a Game Boy. I didn't know. You had a GameCube, you mean? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no. I didn't know anything about Zelda. Like I didn't know it any because I was never a Nintendo kid. I had Sega, and then I made the jump to PlayStation. I had never yeah. owned Nintendo stuff, so you had a GameCast. The, the, yeah, GameCast. The only Nintendo like games that I knew were like Pokemon and uh, Mario. Yeah, but okay. I had never had played a Zelda before, and I'm. You know, I'm diving into this one, and it's it's a it's a really just beautiful game. Everything's really well done. Um, Where are you at? I am at the second village. I just got okay. there. Hateno Village. Yeah. So nice. I haven't really explored much of that. My, it, it's a weird dynamic to have it so your weapons break. I think it's actually cool in the end. It is really frustrating because there's very few games where you have stuff break so quickly. A lot of games have a mechanic, but normally it's like. Oh, just take it to a blacksmith and fix it. Yes, that's This is just to try. One thing I do like is it forces you to try stuff. Most games I stick with something. I'm fine with, uh, I'm fine with weapon breaking. Um, I'm glad that there's no uh, base building mechanics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there also is a talked about that last week. How I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I, read, um, I read an interview, not to side rail too much or derail, yeah. but I read that interview on Kotaku with one of the dudes that was in, that was like part of Skyrim or something. Oh, going to have. And he was talking about how. They, uh, the, the idea for like building like a base in town was, was supposedly parked for Skyrim, but it just didn't make it in. Oh, thank God. And I'm like <laughs> so nervous now. If they start doing this mechanic in every game, I will never play okay. a Bethesda game again. I don't mind it if it's not required, but we'll, we'll need to talk about that later because like, I don't mind it if it doesn't, if it's not micro, if it doesn't have to be micromanaged. It's like, well, it, I don't, I mean, yeah, I just don't mind it to like keep going back to it. Like if it benefits me in some way, like gives me money, like if I'm restoring yeah. like a, like a brothel or something. That's why Fable 2 had the best uh, mm-hmm. purchasing, like, real estate mechanic. You just shut off the game. Yeah, and you, keep, you have, like, like tons of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I totally get that. Uh, but anyways, okay, so... Uh, but yeah, I love... I mean, it it takes me back, man. It's like a, a total nostalgia game for it me. It takes like, you back to games you've never played! <laughs> yes. No, um, so, what do, you, uh, what do you think of the shrines? I just want to ask a couple questions, then ask you what else you've been playing. What do you think about the shrines? I, I like the Friends shrines. Like I like the puzzles. I uh, you know I had before we went on air. I had or not air, but did whatever. Oh, we're live right now. Please yeah, comment live, in the chat how we're on air. The live stream. If you missed it, uh, that sucks for you. But um, AnimeLandBoys.net. Yeah, uh, the, the thing with the ball was frustrating for me because yeah, I'm, just, I'm not ball. coordinated. But everybody hates on that one. I'm like, it takes like. Five minutes, like it's not that big a deal. But I'm like, just, not, you'll read reviews where people are like, "This is the worst ever." I'm talking it, blah blah blah, and you're like, oh, "Man, it's I'm, just a." There's 120 yeah, tries. I mean, Skip and it. if I couldn't do it, I probably would have just moved on to yeah. something else. But like, I just I'm not coordinated enough for it's, stuff like that. It's tricky. I'm not gonna say like it's a super great design puzzle. Anything that uses like I think it's called haptics, motion controls. Are always going to have like issues. They're always wonky. For me, it, it's not a, it's not the fact that it's challenging. It's the fact that the camera angles bothered me. Yeah. I couldn't like switch it back to. And you've you've played this type of puzzle ball game. You tilt you know tilt the. Man, this is a famous old type of game. Tilt the screen or tilt the board, and the ball moves. You want to get in the hole. Um, but yeah, it's it's not as bad as people say. But anyways, any other impressions you have about it? Um, no, I mean, so far I like it. I, I don't know how far into the game I'm getting. I like how... How many the, shrines you, have you done? I've done probably seven. How many dungeons? No dungeons. 
You had a long time yeah. to play yeah. the game. Well, I mean, because I've just been turning it on playing it yeah. in my free time. It's, but. it's an awesome game, but I would say I spent about 70 or 80 hours with it. I got yeah. all So I've been with Salt and Sanctuary 2, yeah. which is a little hard. Like, you yeah. need to sit down and play, kind of like, focus on it. Yeah. So that is something which I wish, and this is why I keep pushing Brain Switch, hashtag Brain Switch, for Salt and Sanctuary. It's like, I like the idea that's on PS4 and Vita. But I want the idea where it's like, hey, I'm playing on the go, and then boom, dock it at home, you know play what? it quick. I, I, I know I wouldn't, based on my experience with the game now, I yeah. think I would really not enjoy it playing it on a big screen. But you know what? You never know that till you've done it. Like, it's I true. like that idea. Like, we used to, we had the game. It just feels so, like, like perfectly option. mobile for me. Yeah. We had the GameCube, and we had an adapter on our GameCube that let you play Game Boy Advance games. And it was like the coolest thing ever. Like how you make it sound like we shared a GameCube. We had one GameCube. Uh, <laughs> neither of us. Just one. We had the of one. course, had different parents, so we lived <laughs> in different houses. But we had this one GameCube. <laughs> we kept it between our houses and by the tree. Uh, <laughs> I mean, everything on GameCube is overshadowed by Fantasy Star Online. So yeah, but I'm just saying though that idea where I could play the game on my Game Boy Advance, take and because games are saved on the cartridge, take it into like my GameCube at home and play. it. I loved that. That was such a cool idea and like concept. They've made it now. Like I want to do that whenever I want to do that. I like Salt and Sanctuary because you can share. Say I think I actually don't know. Wasn't that the whole thing with the uh, was the small PSP? They were bragging about how the PSP PSP go go. They were bragging about how you could pool like you could play games. So it's the same. Vita is the same as that. Like these games have cloud. It's classic Sony yeah. bragging, like, hey, this is a thing, it's <laughs> got we Sony's logo on the, it. The, yeah. the only negative is you're going to constantly have to upload saves, then download saves. Like, it's not like a super big process, but it's it's annoying enough oh, that I'm like, that, hey, yeah. I don't want to do that, especially if I'm not next to Wi-Fi, or especially if I'm not at my house Wi-Fi, where I have to connect to it. Anyways, anything else you've been playing before we get too far into No, that, that's it. I, my, I did have a question for you guys. What do you think the odds are of them bringing an original Final Fantasy title to Nintendo Switch? Pretty Good, high. Yeah. I mean, I don't they know if it's going to be a number. It won't be a number, yeah. but, they'll, but it'll be like a... Crystal they had like Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get something like uh, Bravely Default. That would be that'd awesome. Be amazing. Like, Bravely Default's a great uh, 3DS title on series i'm i'm hoping there's some stuff we're gonna talk about in the news that makes me a little bit more worried about that stuff coming anytime soon but i am hoping that they're just hey this is gonna be all in i real quick want to just uh run over the quick stuff i've been playing wait 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 wait, wait. oh have you been playing something else brian what have you been playing oh man i'm just uh sorry we're gonna edit this so i can (laughs) take him outside for his daily beating um been aggressive and violent today sorry guys i haven't been going to anger management like i said um, hide your wives. I got <laughs> edit this out. Edit this out. Um, I uh, I picked up Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It's yeah. really cool. I was talking to Don in the car. Um, they took out the unlocking mechanic, Ugh, which the thing I've ever is the dumbest thing ever. Because... That's what made the other one worth playing. Though, yeah, as you, you yeah, so you said. I'm, I'm actually surprised because you were saying that on the. On the interwebs that people love that. Yeah, people, it's like, down, if you see and like I the posting comments, I, can't, like, wait, I don't even this. know, that actually changes the game to a no-buy if I get a yeah. Switch. Because I um, cause I, I played the hell out of the game on the Wii U, yeah. I, and that's like my favorite thing about a Mario Kart, because you get, like, you get burnt out playing the same courses over yeah. and over again, and then you unlock a new, like a new cup, and you're like, yeah. oh man. So or new characters, or is, something fun. At this point, what is the incentive for playing the game besides it's, being able it's to It's just play? good and fun. Um, it's, yeah, it's and a and the game, is, a the game is, is fun. Yeah, and, know, like. and they did add a battle mode. That was something at the Wii U they had, but it was super lacking. It was just 
like this course and you just drive around and shoot each other. So they have a, a really detailed battle mode. They added all the DLC stuff, which I I own the Wii U one. I played like once or twice, but I never bought any of that. Yeah. It's cool. But yeah, you're right. It is a little bit of a bummer. I didn't realize how much I would dislike the idea of having nothing to unlock besides getting a little medal that says, you won, you know? Hey. Um, I've also been playing Kamiko. Have either of you guys seen that? No. You I showed Jank real yeah. quick, but it's... Kamiko uh, Elements of Power from Kimiko Xbox. Kamiko Elements of Power <laughs> on a Kameo, oh you mean. Oh my gosh, I have not um, thought about that game in It's on Rare Replay. Replay. Get it now. Is boy. it really? Yeah, it's on Rare Replay. You guys need to get Rare Replay. It's like 20 bucks now. It's got 30 great games. Uh, it's, anyways, enough about that. Um, Kamiko is like a top-down... Zelda light game where you run through these things, clearing these shrines. It's five dollars. It's on Switch. It takes about fifty minutes to beat as each character, and there's three different characters. They each have three Wait, distinct play styles. Farune or something like that. That's a, okay, so. It's the company you made Farune. It's supposed to be just way better. I never played Farune. There's two with Farune. Yeah, on 3ds. So this is the first one they made for Switch. It's just well, a great idea. Keep it talking. Is, um, okay, uh, he's he's dying. Cool nine one one. Oh, sorry, this is not a live stream. So. Uh, do you want me to pause this, boy? Okay. Well, anyways, um, I'll explain it then to you, Donna. Uh, <laughs> Kamiko's like, you go around, kill stuff, solve light puzzles, open these shrines. After you solve four shrines in each place, you go to a boss. It's really fun. Each stage takes about between six and ten minutes, and there's four stages. Beat the game. I played it through with two of the characters. I'm on my third one. Um, besides that, I played a little bit more Persona. It's Got some good stuff, got some really boring, annoying stuff. I have kind of fallen a little bit out of it because what I have left to do is uh, a lot of like grindy stuff. And what is this? A Persona 5. So is this um, the the main game in Persona or is this Yeah, the main. The, well, the there's extra? there's only a main game, but okay. there's, uh, I'm in like, so they have main dungeons and then they have like this big dungeon that you go through and you can do side quests in there. Mm. And that's where I saved it right before I did those. And those are literally just, you grind a bunch of stuff kill the guy there's no like none of like the social elements that make the game interesting are there yeah. and then actually I, I know I've been playing a lot of stuff I played a lot of titles for short periods of time so I also played Alien Isolation do you guys remember that? I do oh, right? yeah it How came out it was supposed to be good yeah it's actually like, terrifying yeah I, so it, they kept pushing the release date back for that one right because it wasn't ready to be I don't know it came out in 2014 I picked it up for like 7 bucks a couple years back and I never got I never got a chance to even like turn it on it's really cool the only thing that makes me think I won't get to play it much is it's to keep it terrifying they have set save points so you can't just like save wherever. Uh, so it's like a game where you need to like go to a save point, then play till you're. So when you, you say make... terrifying, is it? Oh crap! I'm gonna have to go back to this spot, or is the game actually scary? Uh, I've heard the game the, the AI of the alien. Yeah, is like... and there's actually cool stuff that I didn't want to do because I don't have the patience for it. But you can turn on the connect, so it'll sense your head, so you can like peek around corners. And you can turn on the connect, so it'll sense noise inside of your house. Oh. So in case you make too much noise, the alien will be able to find you. It's really, really cool ideas that, like, even though I have a connect, I'm not going to use because it just sounds annoying in case yeah. somebody makes a noise, you know? But um, I played that, and then I... I mean, I've dabbled with a lot of stuff. I played the Poyo Poyo Tetris demo, which I think we may have talked about last week. It's yes. like a Poyo Poyo and Tetris. If it was 20 bucks, I'd buy it today, but it's a $30 game, and it's... I mean, as much as I like Tetris and Poyo Poyo, uh, Poyo Poyo is a Dr. Mario-esque style game. Um, I don't think I really want to spend... $30 right. on that. Um, otherwise, yeah, I, I played a few other things, but I don't really want to get too much into all the things I played because everything I played, I played for anywhere from 20 minutes to 
an hour. Mm-hmm. So I didn't play like a ton of stuff. Kamiko yeah. was probably the thing I played the longest, and that was an hour and a half. <clears throat> um, anyways, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about some sweet shit. Yeah. Has need to go to the bathroom or anything or no? Okay. Hey, we can come I back. did in the middle of that, but now I don't. Okay. So. I want to, uh, the reason why I... I, I almost made us take a break. I want to... like totally gone. I wanted to, uh, I want us to talk about roguelike stuff, because he was asking me about Binding of Isaac. Um, but beyond that, what news stories do you guys have to talk about? I do want to talk about how the creators of that 2D Zelda, yeah. Breath of the Wild, got... Oh, yeah, that. they always get hit with... <laughs> but yeah, you can talk about that. Um, I want to bring up the n- new Nintendo 2DS XL, because it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard about. Anything that you think about? No, let's um, talk about like a topic or two and then... Yeah, what was I the can't other, think of anything. What was the other thing? We yeah. talked about the Prey thing. The Prey. Oh, yeah, yeah you want to talk about that? I mean, I don't have much to say about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really a whole you lot can, to say about it. Yeah, I mean, you guys can talk about it. Well, anyways, I'll, I'll bring us back and I'll let you talk about whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Um, and... We're back. Um, no phone calls? No phone calls. No okay. phone calls from Reggie-san today. Um... Reggie-san or Phil Spencer-san. Phil Spencer-san. There is actually, real quick, I want to divert to a really funny thing where I listen to a podcast that's recorded in Japan by a bunch of, I assume, white dudes who work in translation and localization over there. And I assume it's a Japanese thing that they've picked up. But even like Reggie and Gabe Newell, they will say like, oh, Newell-san. And I just think it's the stupidest, best thing ever that people say. Easy there, pranks on. So, easy there, pranks on. So, what the H-E double hockey pucks has been happening in the news? Uh, it's not a whole lot, honestly. Ew. Like, there was uh, the Zelda, the Breath of the the people who made the 2D version of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Wait, what do you mean? Or the... the Top down? Top down, yeah. So like the original Zelda? Yeah, it sounds yeah, pretty it's sweet. Yeah, it's Breath of the Wild, but it's the original, yeah. And what about that sweet? Uh, the Nintendo hit him with a cease and desist order. Not that we didn't know that that was going to happen. It and they hit every single game. Pokemon Uranium, cease and desist. I heard the Metroid uh, 2... Remaster. Yeah, that thing is supposed to be amazing, cease and desist. Um, I, I get it. They it, don't want people making their games. See, stupid, no, I, I understand whatever. that, but like a lot of these people who make these like knockoff games yeah. are really talented. I don't know why they don't I, scout them instead I don't, of like Yeah, well maybe well, they do. Nintendo wouldn't do it because they're just their heads are inside their butts. Yeah. So it's like buttholes and they can't like, see oh, out man, their buttholes. Right up there. Yeah. Like we've like there's a whole internet thing about this Metroid remake that everyone would want what's, to play. Like why don't we make it? <laughs> yeah, right. And they're like they're like, nah. We've got this game called Splatoon. It'll satisfy yeah. all our Android fans. Donna, what's the internet? <laughs> no, it's it is really dumb. They're going to do that constantly. I the main thing I don't get is why these makers keep making this. Why don't they make their own games? They're like really really talented, and I get that they love the properties. Well, I mean, but at the end of the day, can these people just make those games themselves and play them? Yeah, they can. I mean, that's the, that's what they do. This and is then, the thing, though. About this, this goes back to what we were always talking about with Nintendo. Like people, that, yes, they could make their own games, but unless it has like a Nintendo, people won't even really care about it unless it has like some sort of popular name brand attached but, to it. But they can't make any money off this stuff anyway. So I, why I, do they care if people care about it? I mean, just to see their work. I mean, just that's cool. To see their work. Maybe they're looking for a job. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's that's all good points. I mean, 
I personally think Nintendo doesn't make any errors ever in the history of time, and that's oh, yeah, why no, definitely not. this week yeah. when they announced the new Nintendo 2DS XL, the best, greatest invention ever, I was like, mind blown. The greatest console nobody wants. We don't need a Switch at all. That's stupid. Get rid of that junk, man. Let's get all this Nintendo let's, 2DS Let's XL. cancel the SNES Classic and <laughs> give the people something that they don't want. Let's give the people what they want. <laughs> exactly that. What do you guys think about the new Nintendo? Nintendo 2DS XL. How many copies are you going to buy each? I feel like we're living in the timeline of Chrono Trigger where <laughs> Chrono dies and you haven't revived him yet. <laughs> I, like, I like that analogy. Yeah, I think that's a metaphor for Nintendo. <laughs> oh, man. This is... I, I don't actually understand why they're or, doing this. Or we're living in the world of ruin. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy VI where the world has go, been destroyed. Kefka's towers. <laughs> and, you know... Nintendo's on the brink of, of saving things, but they're still just kind of being Celeste hanging out at Sid's cabin yeah. catching fish. So <laughs> you gotta get her. Oh man, that's the best part of that game is when you go to that. That's such a cool part of that game. Actually, that yeah, every part of that yeah. game is the cool part of that game. But uh, yeah, it's I, I don't know why they're doing it. I know the 3ds <laughs> now the 2ds has a great lineup of games. I get it. I loved. I loved it. I don't know why they're going to release a new handheld. Like at, at a hundred and fifty dollar price point, supposedly the reasoning is that we need something between the seventy nine dollar price point of the two DS and the two hundred dollar price point of the three DS XL. So or what's now the they di- want the okay two DS three DS. What's the difference? The, just uh, no three D. It's actually the two DS plays three DS games. So but it's, just, no it's just a standard Game Boy then, right? Much. But it's so it. Uh, I mean, it's got the dual screen, of yeah. course. But it's just that way because it doesn't have the 3D mechanic, which is pretty much optional for yeah, any game. Okay. So, I like, I never use it. Yeah. Um, I, like, turned it on for a minute, looked at something, and I was like, oh, that's cool, and shut off. I would, yeah, I would <laughs> randomly do that with Dragon Quest Seven and things like that, but for the most part, and Bravely Default, but... Yeah. Like, I, I saw it every once in a while. It just yeah. wasn't, like, something I wanted to play with, like, on, ever, like, yeah. for the full time. Yeah. Um, so it just takes away, so I guess that means that it's either cheaper to make or yeah. has more battery life or something like that. But. I assume all of those, and I assume it's great. It just seems weird to release at the time where they just released a portable console that doesn't have enough games. <laughs> See, everybody keeps talking about how the Switch is going to be the next portable console. Like, it's, yeah. it's basically the next Game Boy, but nobody... Nintendo doesn't seem to be listening to their fans. I, I think it's... I, I mean, how, how, how long did they release regular DS games after the 3DS came out? Not very long, if Because the correct, 3DS though. was pretty much like, you know, like a sleeper hit at first. Like, it didn't do that well. I'm yeah. Saying. Yeah, it actually did so poorly, because they were selling it for $250, that they dropped it down to $179. And if you bought it pre at the $250 price, they gave you... Game Boy Advance games called the, from the Ambassador-like thing or something like that... And the funny thing is, they never released those Game Boy Advance games, so like you can't buy them. So the pe- only the people who are original oh, uh, 3DS buyers can purchase those games. And it's crazy. It's such a it's confusing crazy. amount of stuff. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. man, Nintendo just no release all those Game Boy Advance games. Let people buy them. You gave them the games for free. That's still an ambassador thing. They just don't, don't want to make money. That's it. It's not that they don't want to make money. It's like they don't want to. It's almost like they don't want to. They don't want to satisfy, like they don't want to meet anyone's desires. They want to like blow people's minds with things they don't expect. I guess where it's yeah. like <laughs> we weren't expecting this. What's that, <laughs> like, like what's that game? The Snipper one. A Snipper Clips. Snipper. That's yeah. actually really rad. Right. So it's like it's like they're like, 
hey, we didn't give you all of the hundreds of virtual console games that you want, but Snipper Clips was better than you thought it would be, huh? Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's, like, and that's, that's not like even them. Thing. That was like another developer that they like brought in second party to yeah. release the game. So it's like they don't want to redeem their like tarnished name by just like doing being stuff a buddy you want. And, and doing things you want. Like like what Microsoft is always trying yeah. to do, where it's like yeah. You know, like friendly neighborhood video game company. Like they're like, no, we're not going to give you what you want. We're just going to try and come up with something weird that you like. Yeah, I, I mean, I would buy a 2DS XL honestly if it wasn't for I own a Switch. I have something that plays these games. I have a 3DS XL or a new 3DS XL, which is, to be honest, the new one is kind of pointless. The only game that really uses it, there's only three, but Xenoblade Chronicles and like Hyrule Warriors. And Xenoblade Chronicles sounds cool to be portable, but I want it on my Switch. I don't want to play it on a console where it's still like 15. The Xenoblade Chronicles, the music is all gimped in that one. Oh, really? Yeah, Game it wouldn't surprise me. Which I is mean, like it's, the best part of that it's game. It's a small, so. I mean, it's a big game that they put on a really tiny handheld, you yeah. know, that is not very powerful. Like, it's not as powerful as the Vita. But anyways, that's, that's kind of it for our Nintendo roundup this week. There wasn't a ton of new stuff. They've got a lot of games coming out in May, Minecraft, all that stuff. But nothing... Uh, you didn't hear about the Super Nintendo 64 Classic? <laughs> yeah, Super Nintendo 64 Classic. Uh, breaking news. No, Guaranteed it's going to have all the games. And, uh, and and all the fans are like, right now they're saying they're going to do remakes. That's that's the worst part of all this Nintendo stuff is they have like somebody releasing leaks that are always false. Like, oh man, they're going to release Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. The trail. And we're yeah. going to get the virtual console. And somebody, the original leak for the Switch was that it was going to release with both Super Mario Odyssey and Zelda Breath of the Wild. And it was like, going to be so cool. I was like, this isn't even possible. And it was going to release with Smash Brothers for Wii U and GameCube virtual console games and a virtual console. It's like, I should have realized at that point. Like, like oh, no man. way. <laughs> It's Nintendo. And it was almost believable because of how poorly they've performed yeah. as a company. Yeah, you're like, oh, they're going to do stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh. finally give us what we want. Nope. No, you think that. Yeah. It's like that, <laughs> that voice in Dread Spark. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> 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 yeah. That voice. Ha, ha, ha. Um, otherwise, there wasn't a ton of new stuff. There's uh, uh, Bethesda's being a troll again, like trolling everybody who tries to use any of their trademarks. Yeah. Uh, what was yeah, that they, one? Oh, yeah, they're... Canceling my game, Elder Trolls. Elder Trolls. Elder Trolls. Elder Trolls, Breath of the Mild. Um, it is, uh, they did have a game called Prey for the Gods or Prey of the Gods or something like that, which they had to change because they had the word Prey in there to now it's Prey, uh, which is P-R-A-E as one single letter word or single letter then character and then Y. Prey for the Gods. Um, a game we're all super excited about. I won't play it anymore because I only want to play it when it's Prey. For the gods, and now it's pray. Um, but no, I actually wanted to discuss uh, roguelikes real quick before we end it today. Um, well, Jank over here was asking me um, about Binding of Isaac and how it was, and you were bringing about Salt and Sanctuary, and I think you, Don, are the only person who's played Binding of Isaac. Yeah, yeah. What do you what do you think of it? What What do we think about roguelikes as a whole? And and what do we think about roguelikes versus roguelites? Roguelites are are generally, and people hate these terminologies, but roguelites are generally games where uh, your statistics or items can be permanent, like Rogue Legacy. Whereas like a roguelike is where the game always resets, you lose all progress, and you have to restart again, like as a blank slate. Yeah. So a Spelunky, from what I understand, Binding of Isaac, are all games where nothing continues, and you keep restarting. Yeah, and I could be wrong. Every right? time you play? Every time you play. 
Like uh, Tumble Seed, a game that just came out, supposedly has rogue. There's like a rogue light element where you can choose a like a stat thing that will do both a positive and negative so, thing. Are you talking about like how Sonic the Hedgehog you had to restart every time you want? It's to play? exactly Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. The rogue like. <laughs> well, no, it is. It, it is, is like that. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. run out of yeah. lives, you die, you start the game again. Like, yeah. uh, but we nowadays don't have to deal with that. You know. But you played Binding of Isaac, right? Yeah. Barely. What What do you What do you remember of it? What do you think about it? Like, do you the, who made Binding of Isaac? Uh, the guys. The I don't know the name, but Meat Boy. Boy. But it wasn't the two of them. It was just the dude. The dude who did the drawings for all those games. Like yeah. Ed McMillan or Ed McMullen, indie game, the movie. You guys should yeah. watch it. He's in it. So I think I enjoyed it. I think it made me feel a little bit too much like I was playing something from Cartoon Network. Yeah. So Cartoon it was Network like was. that. That, like, generation of cartoons where everything was, like, you know, like, giant cartoon butts and, like, yeah. that kind of like that, like, <laughs> like that post-Ren and Stimpy style. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm actually not super into that. Um, so I didn't stick with Binding of Isaac because I tend to stick with games that are aesthetically interesting to me. Yeah. It was actually a really interesting game. Uh, the setup and, like, the concept and, and it... And the look of it, I thought was interesting and unique. It just didn't. It just didn't hold my particular attention. But Do I, you remember though if if every run was no? Totally I, you know, it's funny. I my I played the game for a little bit, and my impression was that like I remember because that came out game came out a while ago. Yeah, I think that was before the term roguelike was a big buzzword. It, it it's always been around, but yeah, it wasn't as popular me, as it is now. I remember nowadays. hearing Binding of Isaac. Like the pitch to me was like this game was like Legend of Zelda. So. Uh, yeah, it's like top-down, dungeon-exploring kind of deal. <laughs> um, and that's what it reminded me of. I don't remember dying and then starting the game again. I think that's the case. So this was brought up because Jank got a Switch. It's on Switch. It's supposed to be the best version of it. It's actually got co-op, which sounded... I almost picked it up just for that because that mm. sounds fun. Um, but I believe I read recently somebody mentioning that when they used to play Binding of Isaac, they could only get down to the second or third floor before dying. Now they can do the whole... Uh, run the whole game without dying mm-hmm. and finishing it. So I assumed, and I could be wrong, I've, I tried finding this information online. Because honestly, persistent stats make rogue lights enjoyable. Like, I want to play Flint Hook. Because, hey, if you die, you get to use the money that you got to build up your character and try again. Just kind of like Rogue Legacy was. Mm-hmm. And the game becomes more and more fun and gets yeah, stronger and stronger. So rogue funny. Legacy is the best rogue light or any type of... It's just such a good game. I hope they make a sequel. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I don't know Rogue likes like Spelunky. I, I don't like that type of game where you you die and then you just yes. literally start Sorry, again yeah, and scratch. you have to somehow beat the game in one run. And you'll pick up power ups while you play, but it doesn't persist. Okay. So there's a game called Enter the Gungeon that's very similar, or uh, Nuclear. I can't remember what it is, but it's a, a PS4 game that was really big and. It's, you have guns and stuff, and every time you try to get your run further and further, they got bosses after, like, you do three or four levels, and then you go down another level through the thing. But every time you die, you start at the beginning. Um, what is your experience with these games? Have you played any? No, I mean, I didn't even know these terms until you just spoke them today. Like, I, I, Sorry, Jank is now kicked third, off the podcast. The term is uh, Rogue Rike. Rogue Rike. My <laughs> idea for a roguelike... <laughs> Game where you kill Nazis. <laughs> Rogue Reich. Perfect. Yeah. And every time the Nazis respond, your now goal is to get to Hitler. clear <laughs> that we are against Nazis and that this game is about killing them. Killing them. Correct. And pro-Nazis. <laughs> nope. We're, wait, uh, we're killing pro-Nazis? Killing no. pro-Nazis. We, we are killing pro-Nazis. So, and Nazis. 
Um, and pro Yahtzee players. Pro Yahtzee. Okay. <laughs> I mean, everybody has. I guess their... on a scale of evil, they're kind of just as yeah. Bad, so, pro uh... Yahtzee players. <laughs> this would actually be an awesome game. Almost as cool as like. Uh, did you guys ever see that game about? dad pants or something like that there's a game where you're like you're a dad and you wear ripped off cut off jeans and you go through a dungeon i don't remember what the point of it is but this is like the coolest like sun quest or i can't remember what it is but it's like the, i'll have to show it to you guys after this but uh yeah i mean i i'm interested to see the genre like evolve um and see if they do cooler stuff but about buying of isaac i don't know if you're gonna get it or try it or i was i was i was debating okay i mean because after I finish Zelda, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you only have about two hours in a 70-hour game, so by then there might be 40 games out. Aren't you getting Prey tomorrow? I'm getting Prey tomorrow. So, okay, yeah, you've got plenty of stuff to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the summer's going to be slow. The summer's going to be a real slow time in gaming. With E3 coming up, though, we'll get hopefully some... That Final Fantasy VII remake that hey, they... Yeah, let me, while we're talking about that, what do you think the odds are of them re-releasing the whole Final Fantasy VII anthology with that game? Oh, you like, mean like Shadows of Cerberus? Or well, no, Cerberus I mean, like, I, I would love to play Crisis Core and I'd like to play Shadow Crisis of Core Cerberus too. on... Or Dirge like, of Cerberus. Or Dirge of Cerberus. I would love to play, have, like, be able to play those... And the phone game that never came out here where you're Reno and uh, oh, Dirk. Yeah. I, see, I don't really... What, that's whatever for me, but like I would like Reno to play Reno. like the full story of Final Fantasy VII. I don't think you're gonna get that, man. I <laughs> see. The, Maybe I mean that would yeah. be easy I mean, money for them. I mean, if they were like HD ports, kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they I did it with Type Zero, and that did not play well. They yeah. could literally do the same thing if they wanted to. Yeah, I could. I could yeah. see that. I already played all those games except for the phone one, but uh, um, I don't think they're gonna do it though. I mean, why would they? They haven't done. They haven't even made Crisis Core playable on like anything besides PSP. And I've been waiting to play that game for such a long time. I don't own a PSP. It's like the only console I've never owned. They, you can't get it digitally on the on Vita, or you can't get it on Vita. Uh, that and Birth by Sleep are like two of the games. I'm like, why isn't this digital? Well, Birth by Sleep makes sense because they've re-released it. They re- yeah, but I mean, for a long time there, you had no options. You know, you yeah. were like, you had to wait till the PS3, and now PS4 remake came yeah. out. I mean, that's, oh. yeah, I have my PSP, so. It's just, but I've already beaten Birth by Sleep, so I don't need to do that again. I just this okay. So, do you want to talk more about E three hopes and dreams, or do you want to talk well, more about Final Fantasy so, VII specifically? Yeah, it would be it would be interesting to play that whole. But the thing is, is that there's so little knowledge about what the remake of Seven is going to be like, um, and there's still a lot of like a very high percentage of it being dist- like ruined by like. Yeah, overbloating the story with more nonsense. Yeah, um, I hope they don't. Add George of Cerberus is kind of a fun game. It reminds me of that like that era of PS2 games where it was like the bouncer. Have... <laughs> no, it's a lot later than the I bouncer, know, I know, but I just remember like the you bouncer. Have these kind of like actiony, cinematicy games. Like it's like a Devil May Cry kind of game. Yeah, not, there's not. It's not quite as mechanically yeah, dense. But what I did like about it though is that you can play it fast. Like you can yeah. go through it in like four hours. I no, I I enjoyed it um, quite a bit actually. I uh, um, I definitely played through it. I think Crisis Core is definitely the winner out of the. Final Fantasy VII, like, extended universe. universe. Um, Crisis Core has some weird mechanics, some weak moments, but ends really strong. Did you beat the whole thing? Yeah. How long does it take to play? I beat it, like, six or seven years ago, so I really don't remember. I don't think it's that long. I just... This stuff, because we're actually not... It sounds like we're not going to talk about E3 and more like about this. 
I'm just hoping that there's a future where these games that are getting old and harder to find ways to play, that they just start releasing these on more way, things that have continuous persistent services. Like Xbox has, Microsoft has said for Xbox that as long as the brand is around, you'll be able to play all previous iterations from this point forward and whatever they add. Or even still, like let us purchase it on old stuff. Like if we are, if we still have it, don't like you know, uh, make, I, make a way. I just think if it we should download it digitally. Like make a way for us to play it. I guess, yeah. I, I, it's that's a hard, tricky thing. Like, I would rather them just release it to some service that they make in the future where we can consistently play this. I don't understand why we're still living in in the age of uh, generations. Like, why, why I on my Switch, I now need to rebuy or re-spend money on all the stuff that I bought time and time and time again. And that same thing goes for PS4. Right. And I, I think this would put an end. Like, they're always complaining about people using ROMs and emulators. Yeah. I think that this would Which put is in, stupid. Because yeah. If you don't give people options, of course people are going to use ROMs go and emulators. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's the dumbest thing ever to be like, well, you know, we don't want you to use that. We'd rather sell, we'd rather have you buy it from somebody we don't even know that's selling it for $700 on eBay. It's like, you get nothing from that and you want us to spend, like, 700 bucks yeah, or whatever exactly. buying this game? Like... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's because legally, from what I understand, ROMs are actually legal if you own the game. If you own the game, it actually becomes like this weird point where you have paid the right for the license and you're able to use it on your computer. I, yeah. I don't know if that's true. I'm not. I am a lawyer now. I just got my bar this moment. Um, it's it's literally I got a you know a Snickers bar. Snickers bar. Okay. At, at a bar. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of interesting too when I think about that. It's like I will probably never play Crisis Core again. Yeah, I'd love um, to play it once. You know, because I've played it. Yeah, um, I'll play the. Re- you know, I'll play the. Re- depending on how long, like the, as far as like the remake kind of thing is concerned, it just depends. If yeah. the remake sucks, I will play it once. For this mm-hmm. is for Final Fantasy VII. If the remake is three hundred hours, I will just play the original Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I don't think the remake. I think all of these episodes are going to be like five hours each. That'd be great. I don't think they're going to make. It's going to cost. If you saw how good that game looks, every single piece of it's going to take them so much money and so much time do that. You, do you think I don't they'll think still give you the option to go out and level up your characters though? I don't even know, man, because the game's going to be played more like 15, which is great. I love the 15 battle system. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like the grind fest that 7 was. I don't think there's going to be... 7's really not that much of a grind fest unless you want it to be that. But there is random battles on the map. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, I don't think you're going to see that anymore. Like, yeah. I think like 15 where, you know, you saw the planes coming overhead and you said, Yeah, I don't want to do this. I'm going to run away. Yeah. You're going to get those options, you know? Like... Um, it, there's it, random battles on 15's map. Yeah, there is, but you can yeah. avoid all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you literally just run away. Well, if they make the leveling system like Final Fantasy 15, then I think I'll be okay with I don't know, because th- that would negate the materia system. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think they should change the leveling system at all. I, I don't mind them changing the combat system, just because it's a really old game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but especially if they do the 15, where they offer a weight mode. Like that's cool because that actually I'm more, I never like, I'm more mode, concerned but. with their interpret their reinterpretation of the story. Like if they change Cloud to be like mopey and not douchey. Yeah. yeah. Like if they make it so that like if they just if they just tweak it so much that it's like a whole different thing. Like I don't know if it'll drive me to play it more than once. I don't mind the mechanic change really. Yeah. Um, that's not going to be an issue for me because. Yeah, because I can go back and play Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, definitely. And that's the cool thing. It's kind of hopefully going to be like a remix, essentially. Like, you don't want your remix to be the exact same thing. 
That's what you have remasters for, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, they already remastered 7. You can play it on PS4 today. Yeah. But there's very, there's very like, select... Like, it's funny because the issue of backwards compatibility but also releasing old games is very weird because for the most part, I play RPGs and most of them take a long time. Like, I won't replay most of the games that I really yeah. love. Like, yeah. I will probably never play Star Ocean 3 again. I already spent however I, many I never hours. beat it, so I'd like to play it. I beat it. it. Yeah. I might play I could. I could see myself playing Radiata Stories again. Yeah, man. Um, that game needs to... They need to do something with that. But, and it's not because I didn't love Star Ocean 3, but it's just... It's a long freaking game. Yeah. Like, I will probably replay every Final Fantasy game at some point, because I do that. I mean, I play Final Fantasy 4, like, once a year. Yeah. But I have that game down to a science because I've played it since I was four. So and that, that, yeah, I you hope know. you know I and hope if we keep getting into this generation of like remakes and stuff. Yeah, I'm hoping we get stuff like I thought the four remake on DS where they did the 3D graphics was kind of cool. It is cool and yeah. I and it's great, but I've only played it once and will probably if it's if it comes because now on the on the DS it's like so non high def like HD. Yeah, like they have like the iPad version which is like smoother and they have like the I think Steam. they have it on Steam, yeah, which is yeah. smoother too. Wait, which game we're talking about? Uh, Fantasy Final 4. 4. Okay. But otherwise, the remake is such a slower game than the uh, like the perfect collection Final Fantasy 4 that's on Vita and PSP, where it's like the Super Nintendo version, which is up-res sprites, but it's before they started doing the, the, weird, the sprites. weird sprites with like yeah. Final Fantasy 6, where they're awful looking. Like to me, that's like my favorite version of the game because I can play it. It's got fast battles, yeah. you know that stuff. I can get through the game in twenty hours with doing everything. Well, I'd like to see six at some point get like at least the Final Fantasy Nine graphic fidelity treatment or the Dragon Quest Seven level of treatment. That'd you know, like like a cool like update. But we could probably go about talking about the stuff for forever, and we should probably hit the road, hit the dusty trail, um, and get back to our prayers. So thank you all for being here, um, and thank you for the chats and the love and the games. Badoosh! Yeah. Oh, yeah.